break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back on The Punch-Out, 17th of March, 2022. Very happy to be back with you here on the show. Plenty for you here on the show, as we always do. We're going to be talking about the death penalty here in the United States continuing to be in decline. We're also going to talk about some of the reasons behind the great resignation of last year, according to polling. But before we get to either of those two very important stories, we want to start with the ongoing humanitarian catastrophe in Yemen. Yemen is the world's worst humanitarian crisis with tens of millions in dire need of aid. But unlike the war in Ukraine, the people of Yemen are getting almost zero support from the so-called international community. Something brought into stark relief as the United Nations announced yesterday that its aid conference, seeking to raise money for Yemen, fell woefully short of its goal. The U.N. pledging conference was aiming to raise $4.27 billion to help 17.3 million people. Ultimately, they raised only $1.3 billion at a conference in Geneva. 36 countries made pledges, very pointedly not including Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, who are responsible for the humanitarian crisis with the brutal war they have been waging on the country since 2015. The U.S. pledged $585 million, clearly looking to avoid criticism flowering across the world, that Yemen's far worse crisis is being ignored, while Ukraine is in the front of every headline and drawing in massive donations. However, the U.S. pledge still looks minuscule in comparison with the billions of aid flowing to Ukraine from the United States. For instance, the just over $2 billion given to USAID and the massive Ukrainian aid package for humanitarian assistance, which obviously dwarfs the amount pledged, not paid, but pledged to Yemen. 20 million people out of a population of 30 million require humanitarian assistance of some kind in Yemen, and two out of every three Yemenis are now living in extreme poverty. By the second half of this year, 19 million people will need food aid, and 7 million are at risk of famine. So far in the conflict, 70% of the dead are children. Nothing in Ukraine even remotely compares to this, and the failure to raise even a tiny portion of the aid flowing to that country is a ruthless example of geopolitics. Ukraine is at the forefront of humanitarian concern because the broader war fits into the broader crusade of the West against its declared enemies, while Yemen is a war waged by allies of the West with the support of the West and on the periphery of imperial attempts to maintain global hegemony. It doesn't hurt also that the racism rampant in Western nations makes the lives of peoples outside of Europe, the U.S., and Canada less valuable and less worthy of notice in the mainstream media. Either way, it's shameful. Yemen is being destroyed purely because the Saudis, Emiratis, Americans, and British all feel the rulers of Yemen, the Houthi movement, are not compliant enough with their regional desires and dare to have good relations with Iran. The failure of the Yemen aid conference is an important lesson for the world, that the politics of quote-unquote humanitarianism in the West takes place at the service of geopolitics and imperial ambitions, not actual human need. (laughs) 
Toward the end of last year, many people were talking about the quote-unquote Great Resignation, the name given for the fact that the rate of people leaving their jobs by the end of the year had reached a 20-year high. There were all sorts of things put forward about why people were leaving their jobs. Now the pollsters at Pew have produced some new opinion research about just that, asking people who quit their jobs in 2021 directly what were the major and minor reasons they quit their job. The top two reasons were that the pay was too low or that there were no opportunities for advancement, something that 63% of people polled said was either a major or minor reason they left their previous place of employment. Third was they felt, quote-unquote, disrespected on the job, which 57% listed as a major or minor reason. Very last on the list was that their employer required a COVID-19 vaccination, which only 8% listed as a major reason they quit, and 10% a minor reason. So all the hue and cry about how the vaccine mandates were somehow terrorizing workers, yet again, does not stand up to scrutiny. Notably, 48% listed childcare issues as a major or minor reason they quit, something that clearly reflects the fact that millions of women have been pushed out of the workforce during the pandemic due to the challenges with obtaining childcare in the United States at a reasonable price. 45% of people who were polled noted that the major or minor reason they left is that they weren't able to have the flexibility to work the hours that they needed. And 43% stated that they quit because the benefits were not good enough. All in all, the Pew survey reflects what was generally clear last year, that people were quitting their jobs because with the economy reopening and more opportunities out there, people were responding to the widespread existence of poverty wages, lack of opportunity, overbearing bosses, and a total lack of concern for the impact of scheduling on families. In response, employers have been forced to offer more attractive wages and benefits. So people who called the Great Resignation a form of strike are certainly proven generally correct, at least from this data. We've been reporting to you for over a year now about how the death penalty in the United States, despite ongoing brutality, seems to be in a long-term decline as fewer and fewer states and localities pursue death sentences and logistical challenges stymie those who do. The NAACP Legal Defense Fund has just released its winter 2022 report on the state of the death penalty in the United States, which seems to confirm the broader trend. The LDF, as the Legal Defense Fund is often known, details that in the words of the Death Penalty Information Center, quote, the number of people sentenced to death or facing continuing jeopardy of execution in pending capital retrial or resentencing proceedings in the U.S. has dropped below 2,400 for the first time since 1990, end quote. They go on to note further that the, quote, LDF reported that the number of people on state death rows or facing possible capital resentencing in state courts across the United States had fallen to 2,388 as of January 1, 2022, down from 2,406 on October 1, 2021. That matched the total facing active death sentences or possible capital resentencing in state courts in September 1990, the last time LDF reported fewer than 2,400 people facing continuing jeopardy of death in U.S. state courts, end quote. They also detail that, quote, the LDF found that the capital convictions or death sentences of 218 people listed in its report have been reversed, meaning that one in 11 current death sentences have been reversed, subject to prosecutorial appeal or retrial or resentencing proceedings. Excluding those individuals, the number of people in the United States facing active death sentences fell to 2,218 from its total of 2,296 in January 2021. Historically, the most likely outcome of a death sentence imposed in the U.S. since the Supreme Court struck down existing capital punishment in 1972 
is that the conviction or death sentence will be overturned and the defendant will be resentenced to life imprisonment or less, end quote. This all reflects the clear realities driving the death penalty into obsolescence. Public opinion has been shifted as it has become clear. Statistically, the death penalty has no deterrent effect, costs more than life imprisonment, and far too often results in innocent people being killed. Further, the actions of pharmaceutical companies to block the use of their drugs has increasingly made it difficult to carry out death sentences, causing even some supporters to give up on the practice. While the death penalty is still very much a factor in the U.S. criminal legal system, it seems... Over time, its support is seriously eroding. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And, of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthroughnews. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And, of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. 